Welcome to Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Ship, and I'm excited to be sharing with you my life with a son on the spectrum. This podcast is for anyone who is looking for quick tips and perspective, but most of all, for hope and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and let's put the pieces together. Welcome back to Pieces for My Puzzle. My name is Nikki Ship, and I am your puzzle extraordinaire for this podcast episode. Last week, we spoke about sensory issues and things that you can do for your for your uh, sensory-oriented uh, kid having problems with their sensory processing disorder, potentially. Um, hopefully, it was really helpful for a lot of you, and uh, you're able to take those quick tips and use them uh, to good, put them to good use in your home. This week, we're going to talk about discussing meltdowns and uh, the dreaded meltdowns that we've all been through, right? Not just even with kids on the spectrum, but just kids in general, right? Um, recent A recent tantrum with, with my son, Drayson, actually brought this topic to light for me. And so I wanted to share with all of you some of the things that I learned, and hopefully it'll be insightful for you as well. Um, I'm really lucky. Drayson is not the type of kid to have a lot of tantrums. He's, for the most part, pretty easygoing. He does have his sensory issues. There are things that trigger him. But for the most part, um, if Drayson has a tantrum, there's usually something else or something bigger, something else going on. So um, recently, I was taking Drayson to his reading lab. Drayson gets tutored a couple times a week. He is uh, dyslexic. And so I have him in dyslexia tutoring and I was getting ready to take him to reading lab. And, um, he had a full on meltdown saying he didn't want to go to reading lab, saying it was too late, saying the reading lab was closed. And I didn't know what was going on because he usually never reacts like this. Needless to say, it was traumatic for both of us. So I ended up, um, and Drayson's pretty tall for his age. He's almost 10 years old. He's a bigger kid. He is hard for me to even move. And needless to say, I had to physically try to get him into the car. And that was really, really difficult. He usually, if he has a tantrum, it lasts for more than a minute or two. In this particular case, he just kept crying and crying and crying. And I didn't understand what was happening. I kept asking him what color zone he was in to try to get him to identify with emotions. He kept telling me no. Everything I was trying wasn't working. Finally got him into the car. He was still having a tantrum in the back seat. If you can imagine any of you that has had a child in the car having a tantrum while you're trying to drive, it's just oodles and oodles of fun. And he was screaming in the back seat of the car, telling me he didn't want to go, kicking the back seat. And um, finally, I told him, I kept just saying to him, I know you're angry, but I can't, I don't understand why. Here's the deal. Drayson is partially nonverbal. He speaks, but he doesn't always communicate about how he's feeling. So I, but I do have to realize that he understands more than what I, what I think he does sometimes. So I just kept telling him, I can't help you if I don't know what's wrong. You have to tell me what's wrong. And kept screaming more, and finally I just let him have the tantrum. I drove the whole way there quietly as he continued to tell me that I was just, you know, no mom. And I think he even called me a liar. I don't know why, but he called me a liar. He was trying to get out of whatever, any possible scenario he could get out of, he was trying to get out of it. 
So, um, and sometimes it's hard to know if it's a manipulation, like do they just not want to do it or if there's something really wrong? Well, what ended up happening was right before we pulled up, he told me that um, his reading lab teacher was angry. And I said, was she, did she get angry at you last visit? He said, yes. And I said, did you do something wrong? And he said, yes. That's all that I knew. That's the, all the information I only had. And I said, sweetheart, I'm sure she's going to be excited to see you. So let's just go talk to her and find out. He continued to stay in the backseat of the car, but I didn't want to let up that he was not, he, I didn't want to let up that he was going to get out of going to his tutoring or his therapy. I wanted to stick with it to let him know that he wasn't going to get out of it. And so that was very, very difficult in the midst of a tantrum. I ended up going in and talking to her and come to find out he had had a little bit of an outburst at the session before and he went to grab for her and she just said, no, I'm sorry, we don't do that. That's what he thought she was upset at. And she said, I didn't think I raised my voice, but maybe I did, but I was tried to stay really calm and I just showed him that I wasn't upset. He was still thinking about that experience all the way up until when we got there. So she came out, she told him that she wasn't mad, showed him that she wasn't angry. He was continued to cry. And when he finally started to calm down, he still didn't want to go inside. So what did we do? She sat in the back seat of my car with my son and had a full-on tutoring session for his dyslexia in the back seat of my car. Um So was not the most conventional of things, but it worked and we were able to get through session and he was fine. By the time we left, he was fine. And so after he had had that tantrum later on, after we returned home, I talked to him a little bit more while he was calm about, you know, how he needed to try to tell a person, somebody what was wrong if something was bothering him. And so that's kind of what sparked the the tantrum. I think he was just feeling worried and afraid to see her after that whole incident had occurred a couple days prior. So, So needless to say, these types of situations can become really upsetting for your child who isn't communicating very well and also for the parent because you're trying to figure out what's wrong and then you're also trying to figure out how to just calm them down. So how can you help keep your child calm in a situation? So I ended up, of course, with my research brain pulling a bunch of ideas so that I have things next time ready in the vault, ready to go for when we potentially have another one of these outbreaks or tantrums. So like I said, they don't really happen very often with Drayson, but it's when they do, it's really hard for us to identify what's going on. So um, just always remember something that I've learned, though, too, over the years is that autistic children aren't crying or wailing or flailing or having outbursts to to get at you they're not it's not personal they're not trying to get at you they're not trying to take it out on you personally um their bodies need to do something in that moment to release the tension and the emotion that they're feeling and so just like anybody right some people when they get upset they get really angry and some people cry i'm one of those people if i get really upset i might sit down and cry before i start yelling so Think about your own emotions and how that might translate for someone on the spectrum that doesn't communicate as well. It's really important to evaluate your behavior. 
um, and to recognize, too, that their brains are wired differently and see how they're interacting with the world. Try to relate and see how they might see things differently. Um, you have to come to terms um, – you have to come to terms as a parent, I believe, that this is – you might have to approach this totally different. And especially if you have other kids, um, and you all know every child's different, right? So what works with one child might not work with the other. So you have to approach this completely differently as well. So the first thing is um, just try to stay calm. The more upset you get, the more your child is going to feed off of you. So just try to stay calm um, and control your emotional response. Okay, take a deep breath and not only evaluate maybe where your child is at, evaluate where you're at. Okay, because if you've had an off day or if you've had a rough day at work or something has been stressing you out, your response might be different compared to, let's say you had a great day and, you know, everything was was wonderful throughout your day. So your response might be different. So gauge where you're at mentally as well. Um and just remember that your child will not calm down unless you are calm. And that's really hard. Um, I mentioned in one of my previous um, podcasts, Take Time uh, to De-Stress, that, you know, there's some methods I listed in that podcast that you might want to go back and refer to on how to stay calm. There's some calming. I, I even think in the show notes I am listing some things in there that you can use for calming strategies to help de-stress or calm a situation. So, um you know, start implementing some of those calming techniques. You never know how beneficial that those might be, um, especially in a pinch. Um, And just remember to have those always in the back of your mind ready to go. Um, The hardest part is when a tantrum happens in public, right? I think we've all been there. I've been in the middle of a grocery store before and Drayson has just, you know, thrown himself on the floor in the middle of the grocery store and have had a full-on tantrum. So what do you do, right? Um, the first thing is, um, it's really, it is hard. It's really hard. Focus on your child and not the bystanders. And this is the hard part is starting to learn that you cannot give a shit what other people think or what they're seeing. They don't know you. They don't know your child. They don't, they might not even have an understanding of, um, autism or special needs. So it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you're never going to see these people again, but you're going to live with your child. You have to live with your child. So just remember to focus on your child and not the bystanders around you. Um, Break out some sensory um, toys if you have some. I keep some in my purse. I also keep some snacks handy. Um, So yes, I I am the mom with the big purse, Um, but keep keep some sensory toys handy, Um, maybe Um, a snack, and just remember not to make it a punishment, okay? Do eliminate punishments. You cannot control their behavior, so they they shouldn't be punished for it, okay? Especially if it's a sensory or something that's triggering them. Um, Who knows? They could have a a funny smell in the grocery store or something. Or, um, you know, maybe it was that they wanted a package of, um, you know, candy and you didn't want to buy it for them. But either way, we have you have to know how to handle those tantrums and to, to know how um, that it's okay and that it's gonna it's gonna clear itself. Sometimes the best thing to do is just like not do anything. Wait till they calm down and you might just need to let let it go its course. Um, I've talked to plenty of parents where they've told me that they their t- 
children will have tantrums for 20, 30 minutes sometimes, and they just need to let them. Make sure, though, that they're staying safe. So if you're in a public place, if you can steer them into a, a safe space or someplace where it might be safe, you just want to make sure that they're not hurting themselves or hurting anybody around them. So some kiddos are self-inflicting. Um, like I said, I'm really lucky Drayson is not. But if you do have a child that's self-inflicting, make sure, too, that you do your research on some strategies on what you can do to help to make sure that they stay safe, stay, excuse me, safe in the middle of a tantrum. So and then once they're calm, that is the best time to try to teach them coping strategies. If you have also in-home services or habilitation services, I would also talk to your HAB providers um, and to your therapies, um, your therapists about um, implementing calming strategies for them to learn so that the next time they do feel a tantrum or behavior coming on, they know how to also self-soothe and also calm themselves as well. And they'll realize that those strategies are there for them to do. So um, there is a website called smarterparenting.com. And I will post this link in the show notes for you guys. I always try to give you guys some golden nuggets of information in every podcast. So I will post this link in the show notes. But this is a great site to help with parenting skills. And they even have they even have their own podcast as well. And you can check them out. Um, But they have some really great quick tips on what to do with tantrums um, when behavior or outbursts happen with kids on the spectrum. The other resource that I really like to refer to is Autism Parenting Magazine. Um, They do have a free guide that you can download. In fact, I found a copy and I printed it out really quickly so that I could make sure that I referred to it for you guys. But this free guide is basically about managing meltdowns, tantrums, and aggression for kids on the spectrum. So I highly recommend that you check this out. Um, It also gives different descriptions. So it's important to understand the difference between a meltdown, a tantrum, um, and aggression. Sometimes it could be all-encompassing. Sometimes it's a combination of things, but it's important to understand the differences and how to deal with a temper tantrum, excuse me, and and to know what to do. Um, One of the things that they really say in in this um, guide that I really do appreciate is don't give in. So you have to figure out how to still stick to what you're trying to help them through without giving in. It's really easy. And we've all been there as parents, right? You know, the child screams in the store and you're like, just give them the toy. (laughs) Just give them the toy. Let them have the toy. Okay. It's really important to to not give in to what the outcome or what the um, long-term decision was to begin with prior to the tantrum starting. Um, But you can download this free guide. Again, I will post this link in the show notes for you guys, Autism Parenting Magazine. They do have a subscription. Um, I highly recommend it. I think it's like $40 a year. Um, They send out magazine issues to me digitally. I love it because I can, um, lots of great quick tips and things in there that I can try with my kiddo, and it's super helpful. Um, Just also reading articles from other people in the community, um, just to know that I'm also not alone and not going completely crazy every time that my child has a tantrum. At the end of every episode, we want to do a story highlight for families celebrating their wins with a child on the spectrum. So if you have a story that you would like us to read, please send me an email at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. Um, We want to make sure that we're celebrating the wins, things that maybe we don't realize are a big deal, should be a big deal, and how hard it is for those kids to overcome and get to the next level. Um, And so we really want to celebrate those moments with you. 
my story today is going to be about Drayson. Um, actually, and this is not uh, tantrum related now that I, sh- I shared with you his, ta- his most recent tantrum earlier in this episode. But um, Drayson, um, we had a really great epiphany moment with him. I try to include him. Drayson hates going to the grocery store. Hates it. Absolutely. And I try to take him out. And it's hard, especially in the midst of, right, pandemic, to um, – Want him to be social, but yet wear your mask, stay six feet away, don't touch anybody, <laughs> don't don't touch anything, don't touch anybody, stay safe, um, but still engage. That's really hard. That's really contradicting, and it's really hard for a kiddo on the spectrum to understand that. But anyway, so I've tried to figure out other ways to include him, and one of the things I always try to include him in is, what do you need from the grocery store? So a couple months ago, I had bought a, a package of like Chips Ahoy cookies, Um, It's not something that I buy regularly, but I bought a pack of cookies thinking, oh, this will be a nice treat for my husband. Well, come to find out, um, my son, Drayson, really likes cookies a lot. Like I had no idea, but he likes cookies. Who doesn't like cookies, I guess, right? But um, I always try to ask him if there's anything that he needs from the store. He'd always say, no, not right now. I had him in the store and... um, I had to go down a specific aisle and I realized that I went down the wrong aisle and lo and behold, Drayson discovered a package, uh, like wall full of Chips Ahoy cookies. And it was so funny to watch him because I realized in that moment that he had an epiphany that this is where all the food comes from. This is where I can get any type of food I want at the grocery store. He got really excited about the Chips Ahoy cookies and he was like, wow, cookies. And I said to him, would you like a a bag? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, go ahead and grab them off the shelf and put them in the cart. Well, that sparked a whole nother thing. Before I knew it, we were going down each aisle and I realized that um, pretty much anything he wanted, he was realizing he could put in the cart. Being that he had just had this epiphany and I was so excited that he was actually doing something and engaging and realizing that, you know, this was an option, I think I spent an extra $75 in groceries that day. I let the kid buy whatever he wanted. So it was not the best in foods, but I really didn't care. So um, it was pretty funny. So we went down another aisle. I think he grabbed Cheez-Its and then some Wheat Thins. And like he was super (laughs) excited about all of it. Well, now I've created a monster because now every time I go to the store, (laughs) Drayson wants to go to the store with me um, or he will tell me what he wants on that grocery list. So um, needless to say, we are regularly buying cookies now in our home, but um, I am very grateful for that experience because it's allowed me to open up some communication with him. It's allowed him to express things that he likes and that he wants. And we're also trying some new things on top of that, too. So I've been able to also incorporate some new things as well. Um, Drayson really likes fresh fruit. So we're trying different types of fruit. Um, We're trying to expand his food palette a little bit more. So what I usually will do, we'll say, well, we can get the cookies, but can we let's but only if we try this first. And so we'll try whatever food we decide on. And then the reward is that he can have a cookie. So. That's my story for today. Um, if you have a story that you'd like to share, please email us uh, once again at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. And that concludes our episode for today. I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. Please take time to like and follow us on Instagram and subscribe to us on YouTube at Pieces for My Puzzle. 
And if you like what you're hearing, please spread the word to friends and family in the community. I want this to be helpful for everyone. And if you really like what you're hearing, uh, please give us a good rating on your preferred podcast uh, platform that you use. Until next time, keep working on your puzzle. And just remember, you don't have to have it all solved in a day. Take care. Take care.